Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. With me is Judge John Hodgman. Happy New Year to all of you. I don't like to say Happy New Year. I like to say Hopeful New Year. Hopeful New Year to you. In honor of this wonderful New Year, hopefully wonderful New Year, we're running one of our all-time favorite episodes of Judge John Hodgman. It's one that we talk about all the time, but that you might not have heard. It is from quite a while ago. It's called Rasha Mom. This is episode 58. It originally ran almost a decade ago. Uh, we often refer to it as the Grey House episode for reasons that you will understand. Um, it is about a dispute within a family as to whether or not a house existed or not. Yeah, and amazing. It was it was such an interesting exploration of ambiguity and its role in family lore that when the truth of the Grey House was finally revealed, I think it was on a Reddit board somewhere or whatever, I read the truth and honestly, I decided to forget the truth. And I still don't remember what's true and what's not. Yeah, you couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the truth. Um, we also mentioned David Reese and his book, How to Sharpen Pencils in this episode, um, which came out around that time, which is a great book about literally how to sharpen pencils. I'd also like to direct your attention after this episode. Go go listen to uh, the most recent episode of Election Profit Makers, because David and John Kimball and Starley took the week off as well. And they invited one of their listeners, Satchel of Satchel's Pizza down in Jacksonville, Florida, to create the podcast for them this week. And Satchel did such an amazing job just telling his own story about starting a pizza place. I practically was crying at the end of it. It's such a hopeful story. And this is a time when we need a lot of hope. And this is a time when we need to remind ourselves that we have to tolerate ambiguity and do the best we can in uncertain times. So I hope you will enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, Rasha mom. Rebecca, her mother Denise, and grandmother Gloria have a case regarding memory. Specifically, is the memory of a child or an adult more reliable? Denise insists that a gray house stood next door to her childhood home. Gloria says that's simply not true and that the house must be a figment of Denise's imagination. Rebecca's been dragged in to adjudicate their dispute before, but she's got issues of her own with her mom's recollections of past events. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who can even remember? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. To a dispute, then, I owe my first gleam of consciousness since the first creatures on Earth to become aware of time were also the first creatures... To judge. <laughs> Bailiff Jesse, please swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth of the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he has no need for a memory since he purchased a 64 kilobit sharp personal organizer? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. <laughs> very well, Judge Hodgman. Sharp, very sharp. Uh, this is actually a dispute uh, between a, a a mother and a grandmother with a daughter sort of falling in the middle. Is that correct? It is. All right. Now, who speaks right then? Uh, I'm Rebecca. I'm the granddaughter. And, and you are the daughter. grand. You are the granddaughter. And uh, Judge Hodgman, uh, may we be seated? 
Uh, for the, your impudence, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and now you may be seated. Only because, Thank you. Only, Thank you. only because uh, you, are, you are hardworking women who deserve a seat. <laughs> Thank you. Re- uh, now, Rebecca, you are the granddaughter. I am. Your mother is Denise. May I hear your voice, please? Yes, I'm Denise. Denise. And then, Gloria, you are the grandmother in this situation? Yes, I am. Very well. First of all, let me just point out that Gloria, the grandmother, has the best Skype connection of all. So, shame on both you and Denise and Rebecca. Oh, thank you. Now, for an immediate summary judgment in your favor, Rebecca, can you name the piece of culture that I paraphrased when I entered the courtroom? I'm afraid I cannot, and I expected that question. Um, No, I can't. Denise or Gloria, can either of you, for an immediate summary judgment in your favor... No, and I knew you'd do this. When I heard the Princess Bride one, I said, oh, I, I know that one. But yeah. no, I'm not familiar with this one. It was, it was a paraphrase of Vladimir Nabokov's Speak mm. Memory. Really? It, okay. It's been a long time since I've read that. Well, I don't know. I, I, I looked it up on the internet earlier. I, I may have forgotten. <laughs> Rebecca, you are, you are the mediating factor here. This fight is actually between your mom and your grandmom, Denise. The mother, what is it that you and your, uh, your mother, Gloria, disagree over? Oh, let's see. Eight, nine, ten years old, thereabouts for me. We lived in a house on what was at that time a little two-lane road. And east of us, probably less than a quarter of a mile, was, about, was a little creek where we used to play all the time. My brother, um, who was four or five at the time, my sister, who um, was about a year behind me, and then me, the oldest, and so we were running up and down that street to the creek all the time. And so please tell me, what state was this in? Oregon. Where in Oregon? Not too far from Portland. Okay. A very rural area at the time. It's very developed now, but it I was um, farming country then. I see. And you were, you were sustainably raising organic chickens and giving each other tattoos? <laughs> no tattoos, but there were chickens and a big garden, yes. All right. And uh, and without uh, without getting uh, too too uh, deeply into personal matters, may I inquire as to uh, the year, more or less, of, the, of this uh, this happening? Yes, it would have been sixty one, sixty two, okay. um, early six, and into sixty three so, because we lived in that house um, at the Kennedy assassination. So that was sixty three. All right, and so some simple math tells me that that was about one hundred years ago. Is that correct? Roughly, <laughs> right. it certainly feels like it. Yes. All right, and you were the oldest uh, of the I'm three the siblings, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, you were the youngest. Excuse me. I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Okay, I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, what is it that you remember that your Mother Gloria does not remember. Between our house and the creek, there was another house. It was a little gray house. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not know the people who lived in the house. Our folks had a lot of respect for private property. If you run to the creek, you stay on the road. You don't go in the neighbor's property. So we always circled around. Mm-hmm. Um, Mom does not remember the existence of that house. So my sister and I, who do, Mm-hmm. have referred to it in conversation and she says there was no gray house and we said yes there was so our family has evolved the device of the gray house universe which is in the universe that i live in which had a gray house in it mm-hmm. this is the way the world was but mom says in the universe that i live in there is no gray house and this is the way the universe works so, so. you were you were descri- you were describing the theory the, the the physics theory of many worlds 
Yeah, Whereas something you, along those lines. You and you and your your mother are now living in parallel dimensions. Yes, <laughs> precisely. At the at the gray house, it diverged and never and, and as as uh, divergent lines are prone to do, they keep growing further further apart. Now, grandmother Gloria. Uh, yes. Uh, you dispute the existence of this house. Yes, I do. Okay, I can't a- ask you to describe an absence. <laughs> No. Uh, but how do you explain? Well, yes, there was a field of hay mm-hmm. between us and the creek, and they didn't go in the street to go down to the creek. They crossed the field. So you're saying that, first of all, may I ask, was this, was the hay uh, gray and house-shaped by any chance? No, it was green in the spring, and it was brown in the fall. Green, green in spring, brown in the fall, nothing unusual or house-shaped there. No. And, and even though your daughter, Denise, says that she would not pass through that field because it was private property. Uh, you're saying she, uh, she routinely passed through that field. She routine, routine, routinely passed through that field. It was private property, but there were no houses there, and nobody was in the area. Oh, and they so crossed the field to go to the creek. They didn't go in the street to do it. So, so, she, so it was private property, but she, your, your daughter was just a mischief-making trespasser. Right. All right. Why do you think she remembers a house there when clearly none was there? I have no idea. She has a very vivid imagination. She's very talented, and she's an artist and very creative. I, but other than that... Did she ever describe other things that, uh, that uh, you do not believe existed or could be verified to not exist? She works with clay a lot, and she, she has to, the clay has to tell her what to make out of it before she can make it. Okay. Uh, I am personally neither drunk nor high at the moment, so I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> Could you explain what you mean? She's a potter. Mm-hmm. She works with clay. She makes things out of clay, makes ceramics and stuff. And the clay tells her what to make? Yes. And you're speaking metaphorically? Yes. For the act of inspiration. <laughs> right. You believe simply that your daughter is a, a trespasser, but that she is not a mentally ill, hallucinating person. I don't, I don't believe she's a trespasser, and I don't believe she's mentally ill. All right. So you have affection for your daughter. Great deal. Well, Thank you. A, it's, a, it's a first here on the Judge Shemajan podcast. <laughs> Just remember, she's taking care of me. I have a great deal of affection for uh, her. Uh, ma'am, ma'am uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell us? Is, do you need help of any kind right now? Are you being, I, may, if, I may after today. If, 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 you are being, if you are being held against your will, would you just remain silent for the moment? I say, we'll have someone come up. <laughs> Uh, Rebecca, yes. you are the granddaughter, you are the daughter of Denise and the daughter of Gloria. I am, uh, yes. Please stop laughing or I'm going to make you stand up again. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm appreciating how well you're managing this conversation, Judge. Well, it's, it's, are, do you have difficulty really... managing it? I mean, why are you even here? That's my question. I am here, first of all, because I'm a loyal fan of the podcast, and I felt that um, because the Great House universe is a recurring theme of conversation, it didn't seem to me that anyone would be able to satisfactorily resolve this issue, except for you. You're the one with the necessary expertise. You are clarified um, buttering me up. That will, get you, that will get you only so far. Explain to me how the Great House universe comes into play in your life, in your life, as in well as the life, life of your family. 
firstly, if you spend any amount of time with my mother and my grandmother, which I do, um, you will hear repeated reference to the Grey House universe uh, as the place where they dispose of all of their disagreements. Uh, so there'll be a conversation where they'll say, I, I think that's on the north side of the street, and the other one will say it's on the south side of the street, and the first one will say, well, in the Grey House universe, it's on the north side of the street. Um, or How you many- like this kind of food. No, I don't like this kind of food. Well, in the Grey House universe, you do like this kind of food. And um, how many disagreements are they having about <laughs> objectifiably verifiable facts? <laughs> More than you and Kind of a lot, yes. yes. Uh, so I would say if you spend uh, roughly three hours with them, you'll hear at least one reference to the Grey House universe. And, uh, and how, does this, how do you get implicated in this, aside from having to hear... You all live together? Where, do you, where, where are you all located now, if I may ask? Um, I live in Portland, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon, all right. By which I mean I live in the urban part of the city, and they live uh, out in suburbia. Uh, and and uh, and I presume in Portland there you, you run a little organic vinyl record shop or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never stop. I'll never stop, Portland. On, on a side note, um, I read an article today about an artisanal pencil sharpener, which seemed very Portland oh, to me. Oh, tell me more about that. Uh, he's a gentleman who charges $15 for sharpening a pencil. It takes him about a half an hour. He issues a certificate of sharpness. Yes. <laughs> Apparently he's from New York, but he will be here on the 26th. And I know some people who are very eager to have their I don't know exactly when this podcast will come out, but can you remember the name of the artisanal pencil sharpener? <laughs> um, I could know it within moments. Well, I actually just tell, tweeted about it. Let me tell you it. what it is. It is David Reese. Ah, thank you. And does he have a book that is out now? I don't know. It is called How to Sharpen Pencils. <laughs> He's probably speaking at Powell's. I love it. And and is there a foreword to this book? The answer is yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, is it written by and you? And is it written by me? Of course it is. Yay! <laughs> Did you seriously bring up artisanal pencil sharpening not knowing that I am at the center the white hot center of the the white hot graphite center of the artisanal pencil sharpening movement, and that David I, Reese is my friend. I had no idea. That I had no best, idea. The no. best piece of buzz marketing I've ever had on this on this in this courtroom, and <laughs> we, I appreciate uh, it very much. I had a long conversation at work yesterday about pencil sharpening, and then I stumbled across Link Today, which right. is uh, becoming quite popular. Well, I appreciate any- it. I appreciate it very much. And if you had anything at all to do with this case, I would find in your favor, but. <laughs> I do not. Apparently, you're just podcast stalking at this point. So I'm going to talk to the people who are actually having a fight. Denise, mother of Rebecca, daughter of Gloria, describe to me in as much detail as possible the Gray House. The Gray House was, uh, let's see, small, um, single story, maybe 900 to 1,000 square feet, just guessing because I was never in it. Right. Had a little cement you, front you didn't have your You didn't have your Oregonian hemp tape measure with you at all times? No, I'm afraid not, darn okay. it. At, when I was that young, I didn't know about Oregonian hemp. Mm-hmm. Oregon, no, I didn't. Anyway, no, I did not measure the house, and I didn't ever approach it. My sister, who remembers it but is not present today, she did approach it once. Is she still living? Is she alive? Is she? Oh yeah, okay? she lives in Seattle. I just couldn't get her to. Oh, I to, see. Uh, she lives in uh, that in that alternate written. dimension. Yes, it is too. Yeah. Um, I could not get her to submit a written statement of her memory of the Why Grey not? House. Um, she's one busy girl. That mm-hmm. girl. So she's she, not disputing. She's not saying. Nope. 
No, you. No. She's not saying I can't put it down in writing. No, she's just um, preoccupied with her family business and things, and I think I she did not really yeah. understand the the implications of of uh, being um, guests on the podcast. Yeah, you, you think maybe not everyone in the world has time to sit and talk about childhood memories on a podcast? That's that the difference. May be That's the, the difference right there between Seattle and Portland. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, I have a brother who lives in San Diego and a sister who lives in in uh, Seattle. All right. Do you speak for all the siblings? Um, my brother agrees with my mom because he says he was too young to retain any memory of it. So whatever mom says is right. My sister and I both agree on the existence of the Gray House. Let's take a quick break from Rasha Mom to hear about this week's sponsor. When we come back, we'll hear a description of the Gray House. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by... Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously, 
See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. So it was a one-story house. Story little house. Um, had a sort of a, a gravel path-like driveway leading back to it. It was set a little bit further back from the street than our house was. Mm-hmm. And um, we would come along the road, cross that driveway, and go into the shrubbery down to the creek. And was it – you say that no one was living there, but it was a home in which someone would live. It could not be, say, a shed or a shack. No. No, as I remember it, it was lived in. It was inhabited. Oh, I, I thought you said no one was living there. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm maybe I misspoke. Oh. Um, I never went there, mm-hmm. but I never had the impression that it was vacant. So your your impression was that humans were were inside of yes. it sometimes. Did they have a television antenna or not? Mm, I don't remember a television antenna. Did it have a porch? Uh, it did have a porch, a cement front porch with about three steps going up to it. Okay, and did it, were there was there anything on the porch? Was there a swing or any plants or potted plants? No, the front door was a little bit recessed, so you would and you would um, um, step into a little alcove before mm-hmm. you knocked on the door, mm-hmm. which was set back a little bit. But I don't recall anything being on the porch. It wasn't a very large space. What color was the door? Dark colored. I don't know if it was brown or black. It mm-hmm. didn't stand out from the house, and it was a little bit in the, sh- in the shaded, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. How, how many windows would you say it had? Well, on the side that we saw going to the creek, it had one large window on either side of that front door. I don't know about the other sides of the house because I don't recall ever going around that was way. It, was, it, was, it a, was it a clabbered house, or was it a, was it a stucco exterior? Um, shingle? What do you call that? Um Clapboard. Well, like wooden shingles, wooden. Um, clapboard. I don't know clapboard. The name. clapboard. Is clapboard. that it? Okay, yeah. clapboard. Yeah, your your mother and I agree. Uh, at least good. that. <laughs> was it a pitched so, roof or was it a was it a flat roof? Was it a pitched roof or a flat roof? It was slightly pitched. It wasn't a very steep, um, it, and maybe that's part of the reason why I remember it is because I was used to houses with steeply pitched roofs. You know, sure. long. Well, roof you were, you lived in a normal family. A normal family. Yeah, this this steep, house had a... You were a steeply pitched it, roof people. <laughs> yes. Well, and right. our houses had... You, well, not in that house. Usually there'd be an attic or some space up there. This place maybe did have that, but it was not um, as steeply pitched a roof as I was used to thinking of. Did it have a chimney? I remember a chimney, yes. A brick chimney or a stovepipe chimney? Brick chimney. Okay. And uh, were there was there anything in the yard? The grass was tall. Maybe that's what mom's referring to about the hayfield. There was tall grass most of the front. So you really only saw the house as you crossed the, the, the drive area. Well, look, I don't, want you putting, I don't want you putting words in your mom's mouth. <laughs> I don't want you painting your mother as saying like, oh, yeah, there was a house there, but it had tall grass. Oh, yeah, that's just a hayfield. <laughs> well, no, but the, I was, the, the yard was sort of obscured. Mm-hmm. So by the tall grass down near the front of the road so i don't recall very much about the yard i actually don't recall anything about the yard now i'm going to ask you this question i want you to think very seriously before you answer could okay. it be that it was a tardis 
no, I never thought about that. But I suppose if that was the case, it would be there sometimes and not other times, right? Yes, it would be. Yeah, yeah, it it would all be relative. Yeah. Uh, Grandmother Gloria. Yes. You've heard a very distinct description of this house. Do you believe that this is all from your daughter's imagination? Oh, no. We lived in a house very similar to the one she describes. Aha! Ah. So, like the police artist, the classic... <laughs> so, like the classic police artist fallacy, she is describing as her attacker the very person who is making the sketch. The very thing that is right in front of her. Right. That's very compelling. And do you believe that your other daughter uh, is suffering the same, uh, uh, let's say... Not mass hysteria, but a dual hysteria? No, I don't think so. Um, I think she's just agreeing with her older sister because the older sister was always in charge. I and see. so whatever the older sister says is true. I see. Really? Okay, easy, Denise, because if you yes. want to make an if you want to make a case for yourself <laughs> the, that you're not that you're not an incredibly delusional controlling person who is keeping your mother hostage and forcing your sister to agree with you, if indeed there is a sister at this point, I have to question even that. There is then, I would not, then I would not jump in at this point. Uh, this is me not jumping. Go ahead, Gloria. You were about to say something else. No, no. Other than uh, in the same general areas as uh, the place we're speaking of, but there was another house where we lived for a while, and it was a gray house, and it was about just almost identical to what she described. But we lived in that house, and it was up the roadways and across the street. So, so she might be confusing it with another another house. It's it's possible in a child's imagination. Well, I don't like to destroy a child's imagination because there's well, nothing better than that. But. That's where you and I differ. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry to hear that. Child's imagination is a wonderful thing. I I feel children should start growing up and stop seeing houses. <laughs> this is another one of those Portland. That's yeah, the way but... I was raised, and it's wrong. <laughs> All right, and and Gloria, can you give me some examples of of where you and Denise disagree, such that you have to invoke the gray house universe rule? Cooking, gardening. Mm-hmm. Um. Tomato plants. Are there any uh, areas where you actually agree on something? Yes, her cooking is wonderful. Um, she takes very good care of me most of the time. <laughs> and uh, I wish she could retire so we could both enjoy retirement. Raymond was the kindest, sweetest, most important <laughs> leader I ever had in Korea. Can you, for a summary judgment, can any of you name the piece of culture? I'm very badly paraphrasing at that very moment. No, I don't know that one. It is the it is no it, idea. It is Frank Sinatra after he has been brainwashed in the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I never saw the Manchurian Candidate. Um, well, I think you should both look into it because it is a movie about <laughs> conflicting and confused memories. <laughs> it may be it may be that one of you thought you were playing near a gray house when it turns out. You were actually being brainwashed in Korea. <laughs> that may be. Rebecca, why yes. hasn't you, an able-bodied young person living in Portland, ridden your penny-farthing bicycle <laughs> out to 
where your mom grew up to do some detective work. <laughs> my understanding, well, the answer is twofold, actually, Judge Hodgman. My understanding is that the part of town in which this all took place is significantly different now than it was at the time and has been much more, more developed and doesn't resemble what it did at the time. And the other reason is that I am not sure, uh, given the situation of the Grey House universe, I'm not sure that appealing to empiricism is actually going to resolve this. Um, again, because they argue about things that are, in fact, verifiable. Well, but, so, but clearly a choice has been made to not verify. Because yes. it could be easily verified one way or another. Could it not? My thought was to go to the county and get a plat map for that period, for that would have been accurate about that period. But I didn't want to destroy the discussion with mere fact. And I thought it would be... Nice. I didn't want to come to mom and say, see, you were wrong. So well, I was yes, pretty sure I would be right. You are an extremely I, unusual daughter. <laughs> I am that. If she could prove I was wrong, she'd do it. <laughs> really? Okay, I'm, I'm going to the county, man. Gloria, <laughs> Gloria is, is the house that, that you raised your children in that is either next to or not next to a gray house or was next to or not next to a gray house. Does, does that house still exist? No, heavens no. And the- I, I raised my three children in about 20 different houses because we moved at least 100 times. Do you feel that, that the existence or non-existence of the gray house could be verified in that neighborhood now? No. Like Denise says, I think we'd have to go see if we could find some maps of that era and see if there were houses there. There were very few houses out there then, and now it's... Uh, you know, it's a solid mass of houses and apartments, so. If I may chime in also. Who is uh, speaking now? Sorry, this is Rebecca. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, my mother was also describing to me a memory of uh, there being construction in that neighborhood and playing in a pile of dirt. And my <laughs> grandmother, yes. likewise, does not remember mm, uh, any of true. that taking place. That's very true at the same pla- along that same stretch of road. The Do- road used to have a curve, and there were, this is Denise again, mm-hmm. there were several car accidents along there. And so the powers that be decided to straighten it out. And uh, during the construction process, we did go down there, um, my mom and dad, and my brother and sister and I all, and played in the construction, you know, ran around in the construction site and jumped off this high hill and rolled down the hill and came back up. And mom didn't have any memory of that whole business of road being straightened or of us going down there and playing during the after hours of the construction process. So there are numerous instances where um, one of us kids will remember something and mom will say that didn't happen or vice versa. But then that's happened to me as a mom too with Rebecca. Well, right. So I think it's, um, I think it's an occupational hazard of parenting. Well, so you're suggesting your, your mom is being pretty reasonable. She's saying, I don't believe that my, my daughter hallucinated things. I think she's just confused <laughs> and, that, and that a child's memory is imperfect. Mm-hmm. And you're saying your mom is what? Willfully denying the, well, the truth? Willfully denying the truth? Or, or is, is herself incompetent when it comes to m- remembering this particular place? 
No, there. I think that there's probably, I was having, when we were going down to that um, construction site, I was having a fabulous time. So it stood out in my memory. For her, she was probably thinking about 400 different things and um, it wasn't memorable for her. So it just didn't register. Because children are dumb. You understand that, right? (laughs) As a mother, yes. When I was a child, I thought we were brilliant. But when I became a mother, I thought, oh, these are dumb people. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am am myself a parent. And so, and the young people that are in my life have incredibly sharp memories for very small details, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't have a lot to remember. So there's Mm -hmm. that in your favor. At the same time, uh, the the six year old in my life, a, a male child, who has an incredible memory for those little things, routinely wakes up every day asking, "Is this what day is this? Is this Saturday?" Well, I do that, and I'm not a six year old. Well, yes, but ma'am, you've earned it. You're not a dumb dumb like my son. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, you shouldn't say that about you. You know son. that that's not what I actually believe, ma'am. <laughs> I know. You sounded serious. Well, that's that's part of my charm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your son thinks you're charming too. Well, well, I have every confidence that twenty years from now we'll work it out on a podcast. <laughs> But for now, we're getting along fine. Now, here's the thing. First of all, Denise, do, yes. you, do you want to know the answer to this? Um, I'm pretty convinced that I'm right. And I didn't want to destroy a kind of a youthful family tool for disposing of these kinds of discrepancies in, in memory. But I do think if I went down to the county and got a plat map from 1965, I would find that there was a house there. And Grandmother Gloria, how will you feel if you are wrong? I would accept it, but I think it's more fun to have this as a as a place to end a dispute between us about something else that might happen. And we can always file everything under the gray house illusion. And how will you feel if you are right? I wouldn't want Denise to know that I was right because I wouldn't want to destroy her memories. <laughs> and Denise, why are you laughing uproariously at the very <laughs> sweet sentiment that your mom said? I think that's very sweet of her. Yeah. Um, but are, you, are think... you planning some punishment for her later? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Let me let me assure you that the court takes elder abuse very seriously. <laughs> You're not going to make her watch Dancing with the Stars or something, are you? No, are you kidding? No, she probably want to watch a Cubs game. Oh boy, sports. Well, with that, I will retire to my chambers and make my decision. I will be back soon. Great, thank please, you. Thank please you. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Denise, I have a question for you. Uh, have you and your mother ever had to consign to this house dimension uh, a dispute over a person rather than a thing? Well, um, there was a there was a recent discussion about the first time that we met our stepfather, and so that would be a person. And I remembered it being when we were living on that street, and she remembers it being as sometime later. 
Here's my concern, Denise. If we destroy this dimension, will that make you a murderer? <laughs> well, I guess it depends on who's in the dimension at the time. If it's if it's a uh, hmm, no, you're ready to kill. Not a murderer. I would say no, not a murderer. You're sharpening your knives right now. <laughs> oh, never, never, never. Gloria, it sounds like you have reservations about both ways that this uh, case could turn out. Yeah, I do. I I hope I kind of hope it stays in limbo because I don't want to destroy her memories. But I just know I'm right, so, and, <laughs> so it doesn't bother me, you know. We're both in the same boat. We're both convinced that we're right, but neither one of us wants the other one to be um, injured or offended or have hurt feelings. Rebecca, how are you feeling? You're hoping to you're hoping to get out from under the weight of this thing. <laughs> well, you know that is the uh, that's the that's the challenge. Is I, I think the philosophical implications are interesting, and at the same time, I agree that the Grey House universe is a convenient place to dispose of disagreements that might otherwise uh, need to be resolved, given the strong personalities of the people who are utterly convinced that they are right. We'll be back in just a moment with Judge Sean Hodgman's verdict. But first, let's hear about some of the other great shows here at MaximumFun.org. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Uh, I don't know if this house exists. I mean, you asked me to rule on it, but I think really what this is is a, a ruling on whether or not I'm going to compel someone to go and verify the existence of this house. It is clearly verifiable, and I could verify it, but that would require uh, resources, time, discipline, and work that I simply do not feel like deploying. <laughs> because really it's none of my business, and, I'm, and I won't care. And in many ways, the idea of the house being proved to exist is much more disappointing than the question of whether or not it does exist. Mm -hmm. And the memory uh, that you have of it, Denise, is so incredibly 
creepy and Ringu like <laughs> that I would, I really would not want to ruin that for the world because we all do have memories from childhood of those weird incongruous places. They're like, was that really there? I mean, I have memories of breaking into the um, the 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 tan stucco service building for the huge playground um, uh, abutting my elementary school with my older friend Peter Rosenmeyer, who was the sort of person who would walk through uh, doors that mar- are marked grown-ups only, and playing pool with him. Uh, sort of in the in, in the on the makeshift pool t- well not makeshift but the the rundown pool table uh, that the 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 caretakers of the playground had there, and I I it, it, in like in only the light from the windows because the electricity didn't work. So much of that is strange uh, that I I almost don't want to even verify that that thing is there because uh, it's so creepy to remember us doing that. Uh, especially when you consider that we were surrounded at all times by 75 uh, owls with glowing eyes. Was that true? I don't remember. It's hard. I don't know if I want to know the truth. I also remember vaguely um, uh, the creature double feature that would play on Channel 56 in Boston uh, in the afternoon. They would usually show Godzilla movies, but every now and then they would show um, really – weird, scary movies from the 70s, like Race with the Devil, a lot of Satan worship movies, and Demon Dog, The Beast from Hell, like all these weird movies. And there was one movie that for literally 25 years, I wasn't sure if I had actually seen it, because it was it was such a strange movie, and there was a woman taking a shower, and three little creatures emerging from a cupboard with a straight razor. Uh, and then, oh, my. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no kidding, right? And let me tell you something. When you go when you finally discover after 25 years of nightly brain searching and then IMDb searching, you finally discover that it was the TV movie Don't Be Afraid of the Dark and you see it, it's not as scary. <laughs> it's not as scary as thinking that maybe that was a product of your own imagination. <laughs> So in many ways, I do feel that, and, and it obviously the, the not knowing about the mysterious gray house, uh, even, the, even the name of the thing is ambiguous, uh, <laughs> neither white nor black, uh, is so functional within, uh, within your obviously contentious relationship. <laughs> it provides such a suitable function, and not only... Uh, does it help you to resolve uh, disputes of both uh, of both fact and opinion on politics and religion, which, frankly, let's face it, no one wants to talk about, right? Amen. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that uh, that I uh, that I hesitate to get rid of it, especially since the alternative would be for one of you to say to the other, "Let's agree to disagree," <laughs> at which point you should both shoot each other with crossbows because that's the stupidest <laughs> thing anyone can ever say. I mean, now you get a chance to put all of that stuff away with a science fiction theme. You're putting it in an alternate universe that you acknowledge exists but is not a part of your world. So I think it's beautiful. So I was, uh, you know, my, my inclination is, is to maintain this mystery for both of you. Yay! And yet Thank I have... You. Thank I, you. That's the best, best decision ever. Yes. And yet I have Rebecca here. <laughs> 
the problem, who, the troublemaker, right? Who has nothing to do with either of of who has nothing to do with this entire dispute, and just lives in Portland, listening to <laughs> podcasts and trying to gin up uh, stuff to talk about on the air. <laughs> and Rebecca, you seem very nice, but and I was going to leave you out of this, but then as I was coming back from Chambers and you started talking about the philosophical implications. I could not allow that to go unpunished. <laughs> when you use the words philosophical implications, I'm like, no, we got to come up with some busy work for her. So I think. Oh my goodness. I think, I think this is going to be a little bit, this is going to be a contentious decision. I can tell. I think mm-hmm. for the interest uh, of, of history and for the interest of punishing you and giving and reminding you that there is more to life than listening to podcasts. I now leave it to you. To verify the existence uh, or non-existence yeah. of this house, and to keep the answer a secret. Oh! <laughs> Woohoo! I like that. You may call upon the small army of Judge John Hodgman listeners, who will crowdsource some of your research, and uh, maybe you can figure out a way to translate. Uh, the scatter graphs of data that they give to you into some kind of bizarre crocheting project so you can still save some face in Portland. But I, but I, want, you to, I want you to go and, and find out the truth and then put that truth in an envelope and seal it so that, so that you, at all times, if anything gets too heated between your mom and your grandmom, you can mm-hmm. threaten to open that thing and settle it once and for all. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Gloria, I think you are in the most difficult position here. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel wonderful. I just had a great time. I just feel sorry for Rebecca because it's not her fault. By difficult position, do you mean that she's tied to a rocking chair in a room? <laughs> Well, I am in a, a room that has here, the, yes. the lights on all the time, all night long. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. I apologize. I'll go back to Chambers. I mean only that her granddaughter has elder abused her by means of podcast. <laughs> I think she gives as good as she gets. <laughs> Denise, how are you feeling? I'm doing fine. I think that that's a very good idea to put it on Rebecca to sort it out. And then she can just hold it over both of us. She can say... You be quiet or I will tell you the truth. And we'll both shut up. Rebecca, are you ready to head to the county clerk? I, I think this is a brilliant, elegant solution. And I, I like being the one who knows who is right. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> are you prepared to take the time out of your ironic canning oh, schedule? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh, Rebecca, Denise, Gloria, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you you very much. That was Rashomon from deep in the archives of the Judge John Hodgman court. It was originally produced by Julia Smith and edited by Mark McConville. Oh, friends. Julia and Mark. Yeah, old pals. Follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets. Hashtag JJHO. 
Go to the Maximum Fun subreddit to talk about the Gray House at MaximumFun.reddit.com. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or by email at Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. Go ahead, say your thing. I don't know what the, I don't know the lyrics of the song or what they mean. I don't understand. What I think it's about blend. old friends. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.